What are service level agreements and why are they absolutely essential to managing complex, multi-service, modern applications? Today, I continue my discussion on modern ops with Beth Long. Are you ready? Let's go. This is the Modern Digital Business Podcast, the technical leader's guide to modernizing your applications and digital business. Whether you're a business technology leader or a small business innovator, keeping up with the digital business revolution is a must. Here to help make it easier with actionable insights and recommendations, as well as thoughtful interviews with industry experts, Lee Acheson. In this episode of Modern Digital Business, I continue my conversation on modern operations with my good friend, SRE engineer and operations manager, Beth Long. So Beth, great to see you again today. And uh, today we wanted to talk about SRE terminology and measurements. And it's it's fantastic that we have a SRE in our midst in order to do that. So I'm glad you're here. Great, you know, uh, let's uh, let's get started on this. So SRE, Site Reliability Engineer is tied very closely to the concept of DevOps, but they're really not the same thing. Can you start out by telling us what's the difference between DevOps and SREs? I love this question. I've, I've talked about this a number of times and I'm gonna get back at you for asking me this by flipping it around and asking you the same thing in a minute, but I'll, I'll take a stab <laughs> at it. So um, SRE, Site Reliability Engineering, originated out of Google, uh, gee, almost 20 years ago now, I guess. Um, yeah, and it was really a, a discipline that was a response to the pressures of managing technology at Google scale. And so a lot of the practices that are associated with site reliability engineering are the things that, that Google developed internally to help them manage their scale as they grew and then began to evangelize out to the wider community. And so now a lot of those practices have been adopted more widely and have been iterated upon, uh, but that's the, the origins of site reliability engineering. Um, and the origins of DevOps are uh, a little bit more um, cross-cutting, a little bit, a little bit more um, democratic, I guess, uh, and came out of people, around the same time uh, realizing that the uh, siloing of development and operations was leading to unhealthy patterns in the software engineering industry. And uh, so people like uh, John Allspaw, um, who we'll talk about a little little bit later probably if we touch on incidents at all, um, were prominent in kind of saying, let's rethink how we're doing uh, the software engineering practice. So DevOps really focused on uh, integrating development and operations so that those functions were uh, were shared more as opposed to completely siloed. And site reliability engineering was a set of practices around uh, maintaining stability and reliability of large-scale web operations. And so there are some foundational topics that I'd like to ask you about actually um, around things like service level indicators, objectives and agreements um, and a a wide number of other practices. So this is a very wandering answer to say that 
the the major difference between the two i think is really kind of one of ancestry and how they started um mm. and sre sort of being a a set of uh practices and devops being more of a philosophy and an approach to the development environment yeah there it's almost like uh the SRE is a practice that occurs within the DevOps model, but it, right. it exists independently as well, too. But it's a, a role within DevOps, but not the only role within DevOps. Right, right. Yeah. Now, you, you know, what's interesting is you, you, you hear both DevOps and SRE talked about as practices, but also you'll hear about SREs talked about as a profession, but yet you don't talk about DevOps as a profession. So this and, is, and in fact, people do, but usually it's considered a negative. Like, it's like I'm a DevOps engineer. No, there's no such thing as a DevOps engineer. Um, so, is there is that also part uh, come from the the historical nature of where it came from, or is there really is a difference there that matters? This is a great question and something I hoped we would touch on because I still kind of cringe a little bit when I see DevOps engineer. But yeah. I've come to understand why that job title has meaning because there are organizations that for a number of reasons, including the size of the organization, the history of it, its composition, uh, sometimes it does make sense to, to have people focus on the kinds of things that happen at the boundary of development and operations. And so you'll get DevOps engineers who focus on internal tooling, build and deploy pipelines, that that class of of, um, of activity. Yeah, I, I always hate the word DevOps engineer applying to that as opposed to like infrastructure engineer or tooling yep. engineering. But yep. but you're right, you're right. You do hear that. You hear that apply there. And what it almost seems like though is you hear. You know, a large organization say, DevOps is good. We need to go to DevOps. Okay, you, you, and you are now DevOps engineers. Exactly, exactly. And that's and, not the way it's done, of course. And and often yep. they become the ones in that, that focus on the tooling and kind of become those tooling engineers and keep the DevOps title. And yep. it, it's, it's not always a good history that brings you to that situation. But. Yeah. And, and to answer your original question, I think... Um, it's, it's a little, there's a little bit of a crisper definition around what a site reliability engineer does. Um, but it, there's still a lot of fuzz in the definition and there's, there's a lot of range in, if someone says they're an SRE, what they actually do is it's still gonna be quite a wide range of, of options. But the, the origins of site reliability engineering go back to bringing the software engineering discipline into the operations realm and so again right. you see you see this sort of both both sre and devops are really about crossing that that boundary but uh it's almost SRE, in the opposite direction of what DevOps exactly does. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah devops so. is more about bringing ops into dev and sre is more about bringing the processes of development into operations right and so yeah. you are much more likely to end up with an sre group that is that is that is sort of helping the whole organization level up with those things, whereas a DevOps organization, uh, at least in the way that I tend to use DevOps, and I think you you and I are similar in this, 
a DevOps organization is going to be you're on call for your own services rather than having, a, you know, an operations center. And, and right. some of those things that are more at the organizational scale, um, as opposed to SRE tending to be uh, more likely that you're going to have a group of people that are bringing those things to the organization. Yeah, in that manner, it's SRE group or SRE engineers is more akin to like an architecture group, an architect. You know, they're, there's assigned to individual parts of the project, but they also have some global responsibilities as well and, and uh, you know, shared knowledge. And whether they're in one group or distributed is a much more fluid question that depends on the organization versus a clear cut who should be in which group sort of sort of a model that is more akin to what happens in DevOps. I like that distinction. So now we know SRE is not the same as DevOps and we understand the difference between them. That's great. So you bring me get me back on something now. <laughs> you had said Well so uh, I, I'm not really looking forward to that, whatever that is. But <laughs> <laughs> So what so one of the uh, if if there's one thing that's iconically associated with SRE I think it's fair to say that it's service level indicators and service level objectives and service level agreements, SLIs, SLOs, SLAs, the acronyms confuse everybody, even those who have been using them for years. Yes. And I know that you have a very pragmatic approach to kind of tackling some of these questions. So I'd love first for folks that aren't deeply aware of those, maybe kind of set the scene. And then I'd love to kind of hear your take on how you can implement those well. Sure. Sure. I even confuse SLIs and SLOs, and so I don't always, I'm going to need help with the definition if we're going to define what the three are. But I, I'd almost prefer to avoid the definitions and talk about what the problem is that's going on there. What the problem is, is what, what all of them are trying to indicate is the health of something, the health of a code base, the health of a service, the health of an application. Um, now, historically, the word SLA, service level, um, Agreement. <laughs> agreement. <laughs> yeah, okay. SLA, service level agreement, um, comes from um, inter-customer connections. So you have a provider of a service, of, a, of an application, that has a customer, and that customer says, we'll buy your service, but I need a SLA, service level agreement, that specifies how well or how what your service is going to do for me. And often those agreements are around things like uptime, um, you know, uh, latency, how fast the application will work, how many how many users can be connected to it. You know, there could be a, a thousand different dimensions on how it's measured, but it's usually some form of measurement of a guarantee to the customer of what the service or application that the provider of that is is will guarantee in exchange for usually money in in the case of a customer relationship so an sla has a very long history it's been around for a long time the word sla probably goes back long before either one of us were born um, and because it applies to contract work in general not just software or computer work and so it's, it's it's been around for a long time but what's happened in what 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 I believe it was Google or is the one who started the SLO or the SLI model. I believe they're the ones I that did it as part so. of the SRE revolution it included with that. Yep. But what what was decided was we need some way 
to at a smaller scale is we take this large application and now internally um, divide it into services and into microservices and into its various components. And especially in DevOps models, we needed a way to say this part of the service has requirements that it must perform to. It has obligations it needs to be, to be able to handle in order to serve the needs of the other services around it. And so Google created new terms called SLIs and SLOs in order to, to distinguish them from SLAs for, um, for how you measure those parts of the application. And um, the idea is SLIs and SLOs are internal measurements for internal customers and SLAs were external measures for external customers. That's where I have my problem. Because in my mind, in, in a service-oriented architecture, in a service-oriented um, uh, team model, uh, if you own a service and other services depend on you, those other teams are your customers. The fact that they sit down the hall from you or right next to you or on another floor but in the same company is irrelevant. They're still your customers. Whether they're an internal customer or an external customer, doesn't matter. They're your customers. You need to keep them happy for your application to perform as expected. So when you provide a service that has that someone else is depending on and you specify what the requirements are for running that service, those are service level agreements. Those are the agreements that you have with the other service owners of how your service will behave. There's no difference between those SLAs as the external ones. So don't call them something different because that implies there's something less, right? Um, an SLO implies an, an internal agreement, which of course internal agreements aren't official agreements, so they're not as important, right? SLA implies an external agreement, which is important because we're talking about customers here. They're all customers, they're all external, they're all SLAs. You, when you make an agreement that your application performs a certain way, there's no difference in whether or not that agreement is made with another team within your organization or to an external customer. They're just as important. Because guess what? If you break your agreement for how your service performs with another team, that's not going to just affect the other team. That's going to affect all the teams that they depend on, and ultimately it's going to affect the customer. So it all matters. They're all just as important. So let's not invent new terms to describe them. In my mind, they're all SLAs. So if you have 100 service teams within your organization, and they have their criteria for how they are expected to perform to, um, uh, to support the other service owners, those are SLAs. Those, those expectations are service level agreements. And they need to be treated at the same level of, of importance as the customer level service level agreements. I find that really interesting because you're, you're getting at the, the, the fact that words matter and what we call yeah. things matter. Because yeah. I think there's, uh, there are a lot of really interesting organizational challenges with implementing SLOs and SLAs effectively. And one of them, sort of on the flip side, is that when, when teams talk about service level objectives, they often, uh, they often sort of set them arbitrarily based on, okay, these are the things that I can measure and these are the things that I care, these are my objectives as, as the, the owner. 
And what you're getting at is the fact that these really need to be agreements. They need to be hashed out with product owners and technical leads and people who are you know, deeply familiar with the customer, whether that customer is internal or external. Stay tuned for our next Modern Ops segment when Beth and I continue our discussion on modern application operations by talking about ownership in a modern operations world. Thank you for tuning in to Modern Digital Business. This podcast exists because of the support of you, my listeners. If you enjoy what you hear, will you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or directly on our website at mdb.fm reviews. If you'd like to suggest a topic for an episode or you're interested in becoming a guest, please contact me directly by sending me a message at mdb.fm contact. And if you'd like to record a quick question or comment, click the microphone icon in the lower right-hand corner of our website. Your recording might be featured on a future episode. Make sure you get every new episode when they become available. Click subscribe in your favorite podcast player or check out our website at mdb.fm. If you want to learn more from me, then check out one of my books, courses, or articles by going to leeatchison.com. And all of these links are included in the show notes. Thank you for listening and welcome to the world of the modern digital business. operate a modern organization running a modern digital application. Read more in my O'Reilly Media book, Architecting for Scale, now in its second edition. Go to leeatchison.com books or click the link in the show notes for more information.